Struggling to find your purpose beyond the game? Well, this episode's got you. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Game. We're going to go beyond the field to explore the journey of an athlete after retirement. In this episode, we have a special guest, my guy, Derek Barton, joining us. Derek's going to take us on a fascinating journey over the last 20 years from his time as a professional baseball player to his current venture in real estate investing. Join us as we delve into the challenges of transitioning out of the sports world, finding a new purpose beyond the game, and the importance of building deep relationships. Derek shares valuable insights on preserving and growing wealth, as well as betting on himself when entering new endeavors. So grab a seat, get ready to go beyond the game with Derek Barton, and let's dive in. Derek, welcome to the show, Beyond the Game. Man, I am stoked to have you. Um, obviously, we've played against each other for a long time, and we've actually kept in contact quite a bit after the game. But how's life going, and what are you doing right now? First of all, Brandon, thank you for having me. Um, it's been quite the journey over these last 20 years, right? Um, coming up, playing against each other, and now – staying in contact kind of in the same realm of real estate. Um, you know, it took me a while after I retired to figure out what the heck I was going to do. Um, you know, I only being a baseball player my whole life and only wanting to do one thing. Once that ended, it was, uh, you know, a time of uncertainty. Um, but at the end of the day, what I decided on was my wife's goal was to build a real estate portfolio. And so I made a decision to bet on myself, gamble on myself, and find out a way to get into real estate investing. Yeah. Um, so I went down a few different roads and, and ended up in, a, in an amazing real estate investing community called the Sub2 community oh, yeah. uh, with my mentor, Pace Morby. Um, you know, and that started last February. So it started then. It's been, uh, it's been a wild ride. We're getting into looking to buy businesses, and that's you know, that's kind of where we are right now. BTG fam, I wanted to take a quick break from this episode and talk to you about a product that really changed my career. In those 16 years of baseball journey, both on the diamond and off, one brand of sunglasses stood out. They were Canon. Their polarized lenses made with top-tier Japanese optics provided clarity that's unmatched, lighter, clearer, and almost impossible to scratch. The handcrafted Italian frames, they added that touch of luxury and style every single time. I played some of my best games with Kanan shading my eyes. So if you want that championship vision, visit Kanan.com today and enjoy up to 60% off. See the world clear with Kanan. That's awesome, man. How's, how's the family? Obviously you're talking a little bit about the wife, but the boys, how are the boys? Man, <laughs> five and four. Um, I thought they had a lot of energy when they were two and three, but as they get older, it's just nonstop. I tell you what, if I didn't have any motivation to work out, they're they're downstairs every day bugging me. Hey, Dad, is it workout time yet? Is it workout time yet? So. I love that, man. My my older daughter's like that too. My my middle one's a dancer, so she's constantly always on the go. But the, the older one, she works out with my wife um, and comes to the gym with us. So it's I love that, and I love that that your boys are loving that too. Um, but I think you you just hit on something real quick that I want to talk about betting on yourself, right? Um, a lot of people don't realize that as athletes or as, as professional baseball players, 
we took that leap of faith early on in our life and we bet on ourselves to make it and we're going to be the best that we could. Um, and now transitioning into, into something new, you, you got to take that same mindset of, look it, I may not know much about what I'm doing, but I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to go learn. I'm going to go get with guys like Pace Morby and learn. Um, so how, how did that really change your mindset? Or is that just kind of something that you just got into? Oh gosh, you know, my <laughs> mindset um, is probably the, the, the biggest hurdle for the majority of people. Um, there, there's a limiting mindset, a limiting belief in a lot of people's mind. Um, so we, we think back and it took us 20 years to achieve a certain level of, I don't even want to talk, (laughs) right? Like you want to be at 1%. Right. So we, it took us, but we never, I never realized that what I was doing at five years old, right. That took me all the way until I made my debut at 22 i didn't realize that whole time i was working towards a goal right so if you look at the time horizon it's like 17 years of playing only baseball my entire life to get to the pinnacle right Absolutely. now getting into business right real estate investing for some reason my mind was conditioned to think that because i feel like i'm a, i'm a good athlete or like anything I do, I'm very competitive. So I expect to have instant gratification. Absolutely. And so what I've learned mostly is, okay, remember where you came from. You came from having to take all these years to get to the pinnacle of something, to get to the best of the best. So I can't expect to be good as soon as I start real estate investing. Um, so for me, the mindset thing is, okay, remember that you, you got to take one step at a time. And just try to remember to get 1% better every day and continually look back three months, six months, eight months. Are you progressing? If you are, you're on the right track, right? Um, And I guess the other biggest thing that I've learned from from Pace really is like you can consume all you want, but you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. You have to put that into action. Action is huge. Yeah. So failing and taking action. And as long as you wake up the next day, be grateful for what you have and go try to fail again and learn some more. Yeah, man. I, I think that that failure aspect is, is a big thing that, that I personally have taken from baseball. Um, we played a game of failure, right? Like you go on, you fail 70% of the time, you're a Hall of Famer, right? Mm-hmm. I failed like 90% of the time. I wasn't that good. So, <laughs> so I, I take that into business now, right? Like as many clients as I meet or as many deals as I try to get done, there's failure as well. Like I have had clients fire me or I've had deals fall through, right? There, there's failure, but it's, what are we learning through failure? And I think that's a big thing that, that other athletes can learn as they transition or even during their career. Like it's okay to fail because you can learn way more through failure than you will success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the good news is right. Uh, you can bypass a lot of the failure by having a mentor that has failed already. Oh yeah. Um, and, and being able to collaborate with other people. I think the best thing for me joining this particular group is that there's a saying collaboration over competition. And for me, not knowing everything means that I can partner with somebody who does know that 
and if we have the same goal, we can achieve that goal by working together. So, um, yeah, it, there's a lot of similarities uh, between, you know, my background in sports and getting into real estate, working with other people. Yeah, man, I think, you know, for me, obviously, getting into real estate, is, I wanted to learn how to build wealth, right, generational wealth. Second of all, I know how competitive it is. Um, my aunt was a real estate agent. One of my mentors was a was a baseball player turned real estate agent. And it's competitive, man. You got to go out and get what you want. And there's going to be other people that are competing for the same thing. So that was a big thing for me is I wanted to stay competitive. Uh, that's why I still work out. That's why I still, you know, wanted to be in something that's competitive. So that's awesome, man. I've got a question for you. Um, what were some life lessons that you had learned during your baseball um, career, you know, whether it be in the minor leagues or the major leagues, what was something that you took from baseball and now I've applied it really into your business and your life today? This was a hard one to swallow. Um, I think there's a lot of loyalty until you stop producing. Oh yeah. So um, knowing that life in itself is, is more of a business and the sooner that you're able to treat your life and your likeness as a business, the better off you'll be in the long run. So yes, you want to have friends. Yes, you want to be loyal. But at the end of the day, you're only as good as what you can provide for them. Yeah. So if, if you're constantly trying to make other people happy, it's going to be tough because you're not always going to make other people happy. So um, I would say look after yourself but provide value to others is, is something that, you know, I take back because, you know, when I got drafted, I was kind of, you know, set aside as like a bonus baby. Right. And so I got along more with the, the Latin community. Yeah. Now, historically speaking, the, the Latino players didn't get as much of a signing bonus. They didn't get the contracts of bats and gloves. So I gravitated towards them. And so like, you know, I would, instead of giving away the gear that I got for free to the American guys, I was giving it all to the Latin guys because that's who I like felt more comfortable with. Yeah. So just knowing that, like there with teammates, I felt like there was more loyalty yeah. than with the team itself. Yeah. The front office, the team, I mean, you, at the end of the day, you're a number, right? Produce, much. it doesn't matter how much money they gave you if you don't produce they don't care you're gone it took a long time to realize that yeah and and, and you know it, it takes growing up through the game to realize that you're just a number um and i get it it's it's just like life just like outside of the game it's a business it's a business for the guys running it upstairs and, and i understand that but at the same time like we're human beings and, and this is something that we fought our whole life for so yeah man i, I agree totally um, protect yours, protect your own and, you know, provide values huge. Yeah. Yeah. From day one, realize it's a business and I look like the college guys are getting paid now. Right. So I love that. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's and, and these guys can start building wealth. And I, I have a kid going to Texas A&M, some kid that he's a kid that I've, I've worked with since he was 12 years old. Um, he's making good money at A&M and, and, uh, you know, we're going to start doing some things for him, you know, start building that before he gets drafted, um, build it a yeah. portfolio before he gets there so he can live off that cash flow. He doesn't have to touch the signing bonus. Um, so those are things I'm working with some of the younger generation on uh, learning 
the financial literacy and learning the real estate before you get in the game. So, you know, when you go through the game and you're making really good money, you know what to spend it on and how to use it, um, which is big. Um, so I think just kind of transitioning, but how did your experience in the big league shape your, your perspective on life and uh, your career and what you've got going now? Mm. Life flies. Time, time flies. Um, Time's crazy, man. Just watching my kids grow, it makes time go even faster. But yeah, I, I, I think time is, is crazy, man. We, we got in the game. I got in the game at 18, 19 years old, and I'm 37 now, and it felt like it was one year. Yeah. My, my last game in the majors was in 2014. So, I mean, it seems like an eternity ago, but it also seems like yesterday. Yeah. And um, we think we have a lot of time, but we don't. No, man, it's, it's time is special. And I think as you get older, you start realizing it more and watch you watch your kids grow up and, and value every second you can. Um, I wish I would have valued more of my time in the big leagues, right? Like I had some of my, my favorite memories in the minor leagues, like just battling and grinding. I had some good moments in the big leagues, but it was always fighting for something that I wasn't really in control of. Um, it was, it was fighting for, for money and fighting for fame and fighting to be the top dog, right? Instead of when I was in the minor leagues, I was just I was just playing to play in the big leagues one day um, and playing with joy. And so I, I take that now into my life where, okay, let's just not make everything about money, make it about success. Let's make it about value, provide value for others, give to my family, provide for my family. Those are the things I think of my business. And that's what I think has helped my business grow is, is providing value for others. Without a doubt. Um, the, the more value you give off to people without expectation, right? I mean, you know, there's, there's gotta be a line, right? You want to, you want to give and give and give without expecting anything and still taking care of your own. Um, but when, when I'm saying time flies, it's like, we think we have so much time in the world. We think that we're invincible. We think that, you know, this life isn't going to end, but realistically we are so we have such a short time on this earth and to make the biggest impact possible should be one of the, the goals or purposes that you have. Like where can I have the biggest impact? Who can I have the biggest impact on? Um, how many people can I help? Like, these are the types of things that I didn't think about as I was playing, right? Because like you said, you're worried about one thing and that's who's behind me. Yeah. Um, when in the minor leagues, we're like, okay, who's in front of me? I got to go get them, right? Like we're at the- Yeah, man, I'm going to pull them by the coattails and I'm going to pass them. That's right. Yeah, so um, I would say that the biggest lesson I learned is, is, is time isn't infinite and um, live in the moment. Because it ends. I love that. Uh, and I think that was big. My last, you know, couple years, I really had that mindset shift of, okay, I know it's it's getting closer. Um, so I'm just going to enjoy the moment. Like, enjoy every at-bat, whether it was a, a three-pitch punch out or it was a grand slam. Right? Like, I was going to enjoy every moment and every emotion because I knew there would be a day where none of that emotion and that that feeling and that that smell of the grass and the dirt oh, man. it didn't gonna be there 
Um, and I'm okay with that. And I, I realized that early enough to where I was like, okay, baseball isn't life, but it's part of my journey. And so I wanted to really, really the last couple of years, just, just enjoy it and uh, know that it, it's, it's not going to last forever. But, you know, we, we go into this transition of life, which is, which is big for a lot of athletes, right? Cause we've been doing it our whole lives. I did it. I played baseball. Let's see, three decades, right? Over 30 years, I played the game of baseball. Um, can you describe to me the challenges you faced um, during your transition? Because there were some challenges for me. Um, I've shared a little bit of them, but everybody's story is different. And I think that's what you, what's unique about Beyond the Game is, is I'm trying to bring value to guys that um, are still in the game or athletes that are, are still in the game, but are, are getting close to that point of retirement or you know, maybe a release or maybe someone's going through an in injury, but how does that challenge that you faced um, and what, what did that look like? Identity, right? You're known as a baseball player your whole entire life and then you retire. And like for me, I was like, I was kind of glad to retire because I was tired of being known as the baseball player. Like, that's not who I am, right? That's just what we got to do for a living. So the biggest challenge I had was the identity crisis. And at some point in my career, it went from not caring about what everybody else was saying and thinking, yeah. finally catching up to me at some point. And that's when I started thinking, okay, if I had a bad day, I'm a bad person, yeah. right? Like it, it was a, it was a mindset thing. Um, so coming out of, out of retirement, when I retired, the biggest thing I, I dealt with was identity and realizing that I needed to find a new purpose because baseball was not my purpose. Yeah. It was, it was, a it was a season of life in which we got to live a dream. Yeah. Um, but the purpose changes. You have kids you realize that the, this life is no longer about you. So what can I do to better their life? Right? Like the lights off of me. Yeah. And it's on them. So now it's my, it's my job to figure out um, what I can do best to support them and grow them and, and build them up into young, you know, respectable young men. And uh, it, it took a while, but selfishly was because I was thinking about myself. Yeah. And so, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, identity because our whole lives, people put this, this stigma on us that we're just baseball players, which believe me, I bought into it. I thought I was just a baseball player, a dumb jock, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Like that's what I was. I was a football player. I was a baseball player. I made it to the big leagues and you have this, this thing in your head. I call it the little bitch voice on your shoulder that's telling you that's all you're good at. That's all you'll ever be until you realize that, man, I, there's so much more to me. When I pick up a book and read it and I can retain information and I'll go put it out in the world, like that little bitch voice is gone. Like you can't tell me I'm just a baseball player. So yeah, man, I, I dealt with that too. It's it's just overcoming it, right? And, and knowing that you're more than just a baseball player. Um, I'm a father, um, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm a brother. Like my friendships are, are, are value to me. Like I, I try to bring value as much as they bring value to me. My clients bring me value. I try to bring them the best value I can. Like this is 
more than just baseball to me. And so the identity, once I, I shed that stigma of I'm just a baseball player and that's all I would be. Now I use the baseball for my career now, right? Like I, I, I piggyback off what I used yep. to do because I'm the 1% that made it. Um, and in Idaho, I mean, I'm the only major league baseball player. In Idaho. <laughs> um, so right. I can use it to my advantage in real estate. And I think that you can use it to your advantage as well. I'm sure you are. Um, you know, I see you send bats to clients and stuff like that autographed. And dude, yep. I know people appreciate that. They love that because so many people love the game of baseball and men was, was identity the only challenge you faced or was it like, okay, what am I going to do next? And how am I going to get there? Um, yeah, I, I think identity played a, a really big part in that because it prevented me from being able to see a bigger picture yeah. uh, because I was worried about, okay, well, who am I? Um, it, it was tough, but it, it wasn't until I started thinking about my wife and, and trying to visualize, okay, well, how can I help her achieve her dream, right? Like, don't make it about myself. Yeah. Some people may not have that opportunity, right? So you have to find a purpose. You have to find a why. You have to find a, a motive, an external motivational factor that will push you to achieving something new. Because look, with our background in sports, there's nobody else like an athlete with the determination and the grit that we have to fight through all those years at the minor leagues to get to the pinnacle, right? So we we have the background. Um, that perseverance, man. We have that vinegar, right? We, we got that ice in our veins. We got that. Um, we have what it takes to achieve whatever we want to do. We just have to tunnel vision, find out what we want to do, and then don't let anything stop you. Like we will fail, we will get pushed down, but God dang, there's nothing more, there's no more failure than what we did, right? I mean, <laughs> in reality, seven. It's any worse than that. percent right? <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I think that, um, you know, mindset's big and, and once you, and it's having people around you. You gotta have you gotta have people around you. I miss the camaraderie the most. Uh, yeah, and I, everybody that asks me, they're like, "Man, do you miss playing?" I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't miss playing. Like, I love playing the game. I don't miss it, but I miss the boys. I miss being in the clubhouse, playing oh, yeah. pong. Um, you know, having a beer with the guys after the game and just shooting the shit and, and talking about life. You know, it, it, people realize like." we didn't always just talk about baseball. Like we didn't just sit around and have a beer and talk baseball. Like we talked about each other's families and wives and, you know, what's going on in your life. What, you know, what are things are you dealing with? And, and people don't see that side of us. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that was a big missing piece in my life. And, and I, I've tried to renew that with friendships now um, have those deep relationships like you do in the clubhouse because the clubhouse is always revolving. It was a revolving door, right? Like, Yep. Whether it was a new season, a new uh, a new team, like you were always meeting somebody new, but you kind of knew them from afar, from playing against them or whatever. But man, yeah, I, I miss the bond, the relationships with guys for sure. It was. I, I, thought, I thought about going back to coaching, um, but maybe one day, no. maybe maybe one day. I tried it, man. I, I I did it with kids. I loved 
giving back to the game and sharing with kids, but man, coaching's not my calling. It's yeah. I can't live that lifestyle anymore. I, I want to be home with my family at night. I want to have dinner with them and watch them grow up. You know, it's it's a different season of life, right? Baseball, baseball yeah. for me is over. You know, I, I use it. Um, I love it, but it's the game's over for me. And I'm okay with it. You know, it's a beautiful. There, there, there's so much opportunity in anything in life. And especially like, look, we're both in real estate. And one of the biggest things that, Eventually, I would like to somehow get into locker rooms and 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 show them that there's a way to one preserve their the money that they currently have or that they're getting. Right? Um, I don't want to poo-poo on on financial advisors. However, um, I will, man. They like to skim money. Out <laughs> loud, man. Most of them. Yeah. There's some skeezers out there that that are going to skim your money. Right. And and that's why I think the brotherhood is so tight, right? Like we don't trust very many people because yeah. we've all dealt with some shady people in our career. Um, but yeah, man, I, I agree. <laughs> all right. Well, on that point, there, there's a, there's a goal. There's a, an idea of trying to get into the clubhouses and explain to guys about how to preserve their wealth you know, how to put your money in, in a vehicle in which you don't have to gamble with it in the stock market, right? You can put it somewhere where it's going to grow in certainty, yeah. where at the same time, you can also use that money to do whatever you want with, right? So it's not like the stock market where you got to cash out yeah, right? and, and realize those gains. There's other options and, you know, to each their own, uh, but there, there are certain strategies in which we're not taught about. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, learning about infinite banking um, ha has been one of those strategies in which um, I recommend anybody looking into because you can put your money somewhere that's growing regardless. Yeah. And you can also borrow against it and um, do some really cool things with it. But yeah, it's about bringing value, right? So the, the the bigger rooms you get in with the more successful people, you learn these strategies that you don't know about because we're not taught. We're never taught in the game. And that's, I think, the biggest thing the game needs to change is, is teaching guys. Even bringing, I, I, and I, I've talked to the PA about this a little bit, but bringing in guys like ourselves who, who have transitioned, who have been in the game of building wealth um, and bringing value to the guys because I want guys to retire from the game or I want the guys to retire before they retire from the game. I want them to know that when they're done playing, you don't have to go get a job. You don't have to go figure out who you are. You've worked your, your ass off to get to the pinnacle of your career. Now use that money and go provide value for yourself after the game and hide the money from the government. There's no better way to hide money from the government than in real estate. Legally. Legally. They, they literally wrote a tax code for politicians. Yeah, they sure did. The IRS tax code will tell you how to pay less taxes. Yes. Yeah. All and you got to do is. They're not, they're, if, I, if I could go back to my career in the big leagues, the six years I played, every other month I would buy a house. Why not? I could write off half my taxes that year by just buying property. Not alone the equity I'm going to build on it over the next 10 years. And then I could just continue to use the bank's money to go buy another house, another house, cash out refi, buy another house, right? 
those are things I want to teach the game, teach the guys, even the young guys that, you know, you see Max Clark's, you know, first round draft pick making $7.7 million as an 18 year old. Who's going to tell this kid he needs to go buy real estate now? Go hide all your money. The government's going to take it from you one way or another. Yep. I will be later in life. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's, that's one of the visions, right? Um, obviously I, I need to, I need to um, school myself a little bit more and, and, and absorb more information and be able to teach it um, confidently. Um, but at the same time, I have partners that, that can do it, that, yeah. you know, that, that know these strategies that, that do it for a living day, you know, um, foundations, think of it this way, right? We started a foundation and for me, it's about giving back. Now it's a, it's a private family foundation. It's not somewhere where I'm going to go raise a ton of money from, from everybody else and get donations. Cause it's not about that. It's about what I can personally do after my retirement to give back to one, the younger baseball generation two. Tim Ballard and, and his group that are going and, and saving these kids from being sex trafficked, right? Our rescue. If you don't yeah. know, go check them out. Our rescue, Tim Ballard, unbelievable. Sound of freedom. Go see it. Yeah. Operation Underground Railroad. I oh, just met Tim that. Ballard. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, there's also a documentary on um, YouTube uh, called Operation Toussaint, I believe, by Our Rescue. Go check it out. There's a couple more coming out. Uh, they're in the works. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be all over the place, man. They opened up a box, um, and I can't wait for it to see, to just watch it explode. Um, but as we run out of time here, Derek, man, I, I, I thank you so much. But I do, I just added a new segment just for you today. Um, yeah. You've got five minutes to share. You don't even have to be five minutes. Share a story that nobody knows from your Major League Baseball experience on or off the field. Give it to me, something good. We Okay, there are some people know, that do know this, but they, they were with me that night. Um, I, will, I will not say any names. I like to go out a little bit when I was playing. So it was spring training, one of my, one of my last, uh, last years. And I was never really big in spending a lot of money, right? Like... Going out, it gets expensive. But if you go out with people that have a lot of money, more than likely they're going to spend. They're going to spend money. Okay. So we're out at this club in this unknown city, and uh, at like, and we're like bottles of champagne are just coming all night. And I'm not even a big champagne person, but it was for everybody else. And so I like at midnight, whoever I was with is like, "Hey, I'm heading out of here." get my ID and my credit card when you leave. I'm like, okay, cool. So I just stay there and they keep bringing bottles, right? Like, I don't know. And so by the time we leave, like the, the waitress brings me the check and uh, I'm looking at the check and normally, you know, a thousand bucks or so is like a high bill for me. I'm looking at it was 15 grand. And so I'm looking at this bill and I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this bill. So I'm like, well, there's a spot for a tip. Okay. And typically when you get good service, you tip them 20%, right? That seems normal. So I gave her a $3,000 tip. It wasn't my money. 
So 18,000 total. So I take the, the receipt back to the, um, and the credit card and the ID and I bring it to the field the next morning because it was spring training. Yeah. And so early morning. So it was, that was a long day. So I give it back to the guy and I'm like, Hey, here's the receipt, your card and your ID. Um, I was like, it was weird, man. I wasn't sure what to do. He's like, Oh, did you leave him a tip? I said, yeah. So how much did you leave him? I said, 20%. He was like, you left him $3,000 tip. And I was like, well, I, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I'm like, well, how much do you normally give him? He was like, Oh, I don't know, like five or 600 bucks. And I'm like, well, then they had a really good night and they're going to like you for a really long time. Absolutely. So uh, that, that was a, a fun story, a fun night. And needless to say, he'd never left me in charge of his credit card again. Yeah, I don't think so. So <laughs> I love it, man. Um, keep doing your thing, brother. Keep sharing uh, the knowledge. Um, I see you posted all over Instagram now, man. Yeah, man. Hear people what you're doing because... A lot more people need to know about creative finance, sub two, all these different seller finance. Um, people need to know that it's it's possible to 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 buy a house and to help others um, with zero money out of your own pocket. So, yeah. brother, keep sharing the wealth. Um, I appreciate you coming on Beyond the Game. Um, it's a pleasure as always, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right, man. Have for stopping by on another episode of Beyond the Game. I want to thank all of our listeners out there who are continuing to subscribe and listen to the transition stories we've got going on. Uh, I want to say thank you to Derek Barton for stopping in and giving us some insights on his transition. And I've got a key takeaway from, from Derek's journey that I want you guys to remember. Bet on yourself. Whether you're a former athlete or someone starting a new chapter in your life, take that leap of faith and learn from others. So go out, build the dream, build the life you've always wanted, and go get it. Peace and love.